Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. So uh, we, we thought we would lull Pete and Jenny into a false sense of security by asking them some nice, easy questions to start with. So uh, we've done a bit of a warm-up. But, you know, we are part of the same church together and there are a few, there are a few things we want to know about them that are going to really help us um, uh, be alongside them in all that we're doing together over the next few years. And here's the first question I want to ask each of you. You can decide who goes first. And the first question is, how did you become a Christian and decide to follow Jesus? And, and whenabouts did that happen? Um, so for me, I grew up in a Christian household. Both of my grandparents were Salvation Army officers um, and my mum travelled around the UK in different uh, kind of uh, spots, being her parents being officers and my dad travelled around South America um, under that kind of uh, direction of the Salvation Army and um, so I have kind of this heritage of this mm. Christian legacy um, before mm. me really and um, yeah and then my parents had a kind of drastic move of the spirit and felt that then they kind of moved to a different network of churches and yeah so I, I remember a moment when I was around six I think mm. when I was sat on my brother's bunk bed and my mum had like a little book um, and was kind of sharing the kind of simple salvation story and um, I remember kind of praying with her back and forth when I was around six yeah. Um, six years old so yeah that's kind of my moment and there's been other moments along the way of kind of reconfirmation and um you know other kind of moves of the spirit that have affected the direction of my life but that was kind of the, yeah. the key moment brilliant excellent <laughs> about you pete i was getting a smooch from my daughter um <clears throat> similar i grew up in a christian household as well so my uh, folks are christians and we uh, go into church like well, every day of my life, actually. And um, every Sunday, I should say. Um, and then I was part of the Boys' Brigade. And as part of the Boys' Brigade, there was a big um, event in Birmingham. I was 12 or 13. And it was called The Big Event, which is, you know, a great name. Um, and it was a big Christian event for the city. And they called people up onto the stage if they wanted to uh, be kind of baptised in the Holy Spirit. And I went up and yeah. that was my first kind of real... Breakthrough, if Brilliant. you like. So even as young people, you understood the simplicity of, of the gospel message, what yeah. it means to follow Jesus and turn to him and know him as your saviour. That's, so, that's such great news. It's great for us to learn, isn't it, as parents in the room as well, just the importance of bringing our children up in a way where they're aware of who Jesus is and, and how we each need to be able to respond to him for ourselves. But your life has moved on since then. You... You clearly have a busy family life and uh, lots going on. So you'll be working, you're full-time parents, not as part-time parents. Uh, you've got a good mix of family and friends. You're part of a church and you serve among us here. That must be, that's a lot going on in your life. How do you, how do you manage to keep following Jesus even among all the, all the busyness? Um... I th well, I think it's good that we have that foundation of becoming Christians young and growing up in a Christian household because we got to see it modelled out with our parents. Okay. You know, my dad, um, he was a captain of the Boys' Brigade. We lived in a place called Stourbridge, which is about a 20-minute drive into the west side of Birmingham where the Boys' Brigade was that my dad used to lead. Um, so he was overseeing 
150 boys in the local area and their parents would come and see them do stuff at the church and that would bring families into the church and people giving their lives to to Christ and stuff through that which is amazing and I got to see that and be part of that but he was working in West Bromwich you know so he he would get back in time for about six kind of bedtime bath yeah. time that's kind of all I would see of dad but never felt like I missed out on seeing him mm. if you know what I mean um, so I was able to kind of see that model play out of someone who was going to work to keep a roof over our heads but was still able to uh, run the boys brigade and go to church every Sunday and, mm. and be a, a solid Christian as well and mm. um, my mom was um, she did stay at home and, and raise us um, and then she went out and got her qualifications later in life and, right. and started to work that way so I think having that model helps it certainly helps me yeah. um, when we got together well when we got married at least we we did say you know we prayed about keeping God as our foundation and our rock and building everything on top of that yes and i think that gives you that kind of peace i yeah. would say yeah um so that you know when life does get busy and we've had a really busy few weeks mm. with stuff going on um i never feel that worry if you like there's all all that concern because i know that there's something greater yeah um keeping an eye on us and mm. helping us through yeah. Um, so yeah. So and we just have a, a balanced lifestyle, really. You know, I work full time, but I'm able to work from home um, the majority of the time. Jenny works part time, so that allows her to do more with the kids. And then obviously we use child groups and things, and find our spare time to do stuff for the church where yeah. we can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I don't think we'll ever get the perfect balance. I don't think it exists, and I think. Yeah, I'm sure there's families here that have kind of gone through all these different stages of parenting and there are different challenges at different points and you kind of, you don't know what the challenges are until they're right before you and I think making sure that our relationship and our priority is our relationship individually with God and we're encouraging each other with that but also our relationship as a couple is, you know, we have lots of time together and that we make that really important and that kind of level of prioritising, um, you know, when things come in, opportunities come in, or, um, you know, from simple, you know, clubs to get our children involved in, or, you know, choosing what school to go to, or mm. things like that, then, um, you know, it's all seen through this lens of prioritising, you know, does that take away from our other, you know, priority to be together in a family, just the four of us mm. over the weekend, mm. you know, does it challenge those things? And if it does, then it... it gets kicked out um, and we're still learning how that works um, and I'm sure there'll be more you know, tricky decisions along the way but um, yeah it's not a perfect balance but I think making the most of the opportunities you've got and also not wishing away the phases that we're in because you know, if you remember back without rose-tinted glasses, potentially, it's a very hard stage of life and it's all-consuming and it's very sacrificial. Um, and so it's important to find our own relationship and our own passions and interests mm. and areas mm. to serve around that so that we feel like, yeah, God is not using us how he was before, but he's using us in a new yeah, way. That's good. So what is it you both do for a living? I'll go first because no, no one understands what I do. If you ever watch Friends, that's what, that's what, that's what we Friends, asked. where no one gets it. Um, <clears throat> I work in global mobility, so I work for Amazon. I head up their uh, relocation program for their expats uh, for Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Which means if you 
got a skill set and you live in Seattle, for example, uh, and we need you to come over to Dubai and build a team out and do that for a couple of years, it's quite a complicated process. So I oversee that. Mm. Great. And I'll keep talking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've um, I've been at Amazon for you know almost four years, and I, I did that for eight years at a company before. Right. And then I took a bit of a break and did organisational change management yes. uh, in between as a consultant. Great. So I've always been in the corporate world, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, so I originally trained to be a primary school teacher. That's what I went to university for. That's what I thought my whole life would be. That was the one thing I wanted to do. I wasn't particularly kind of career-driven in terms of kind of next steps and things like that, but I knew quite, quite early on in my childhood and teen years I wanted to be with children. I was that annoying neighbour who I'd be like, Mum, please, can we go and see their new baby? I want to be with them. <laughs> and I would, you know, participating in church, I was like the 11-year-old that really wanted to serve in crash, and they were like, you're too young. And <laughs> So I'd, I'd always wanted to be around children children and, and thought that education was kind of the path, the path for me to, to support families. Um, went to University in London and at the time um, was it was kind of an inundated area with new fresh teacher faces and I really struggled to get a job and that was really hard because that was all I ever mm. wanted to do and um, knew I didn't want to move. I knew I wanted to stay in South West London and so I kind of found other jobs. I worked as a nanny. I then um, served in my church as like an intern and then later worked as like an office manager at the church leading and leading different ministries. And um, yeah, and then, I, then, I, we got, then we got together and we got married in the May. And then my sister-in-law's mother, who was a governor on the other side of London in this small primary school, was like, we're really struggling to find a teacher. And um, please, will you... Like, it was like June or something. Like, it was like a couple of weeks before the schools broke up. Please, will you come and just come and have a look at the school and just see... And I was like about four years out from my degree at this point. So there was a real cutoff um, in one of my qualifications that I would have had to redo um, if I hadn't have gone into teaching within that kind of year. And so I, out of politeness, kind of went along, visited the school, kind of, you know, I, out of politeness, applied, really unsure whether... Because I think once, um, even though it was a passion of mine, I think... I'd lived with all the benefits of not being in the school system in terms of holidays and we just got married and I was like this is going to be so much work and it's going to really affect our first year of marriage and um, and then I ended up uh, yeah applying um, I think yeah and then I, I found out while I was on holiday that we that I got an interview and it was like the next day when I was landing and um, yeah, it was all kind of like, okay, fine, I'll just do it. Um, and then I remember I was working at the church at the time and I, there were, I was unsettled in what I was doing. I, I did want to move on and do something else. And I got, I missed a call from the school. And with teaching, if you know, um, you get offered the job very quickly. So it could be like within the day of doing the interview, you find out. And so I missed a call, and I was like, okay, good, because I was just not ready. I literally don't know what I would say. Um, picked up the kind of voicemail, and it was the head teacher saying, oh, if you could just call me back, that would be great. Um, so, yeah, we've offered you the job. Like, if you could just call us back and let us know. I was like, okay. Called Pete straight away, and I was like, I really don't know what to do. But I knew in my heart, even though there were obstacles and barriers and fear, really, of kind of not 
not working in that world for so long and it being so far away from where my, when I studied, I knew that um, I should do it and mm. I knew that I should seize the opportunity and I was like, well, in the end, if I last a couple of weeks and then I, you know, walk away, then at least I know I've, I've done it and there was something in me that kind of wanted to be fulfilled in that role and, and see if I could really do it. So, um, so yeah, we did it. I basically fell asleep on the sofa every Friday for about a year. <laughs> I had a long commute and it was a really stressful job, but um, I'm very grateful that I you know, got to, to be a teacher and um, did that for about two and a half years yeah. and then went on mat leave when I had Zach. And then at that point we knew we wanted to move here because yeah. my brother lives So you're not teaching here. now, are you? No, because going back after mat leave um, just didn't suit really. Mm. I didn't want to go back full time. I, for a long time, thought I wanted to be a stay-at-home mum for my whole life. That was all I've ever wanted to do, be a mum. Uh, and then found it a lot more difficult mm. and a lot more, um, yeah, challenging in different ways. So I knew I wanted something else to keep me occupied. So I ended up finding a business in London who supported families postnatally. And so I went into that and ran my own business eventually that ran postnatal courses in Market Harbour and Leicester and in different areas. And needless to say, COVID kind of swamped, like squashed mm. what we were doing. Uh, had then two young children at home. So I basically paused it and said, I don't know why I worked all this hard, you know, this effort. And like, um, but God, you've brought me here for some reason. Mm. And I'm going to pause it because it's too stressful to keep reinventing the wheel. And so then I trained as a sleep consultant during COVID. And, and then I ended up find, found a job in early years um, where we provide play libraries for schools and mm. community settings um, with a real passion and heart for supporting families under five. So, and then at that point, I started volunteering with Mumstop, with Tilly. Um, and yeah, so I kind of basically as God does, weaves this path. And now I'm sure I'm not where I am going to be forever, <laughs> but um, I'm kind of ops manager in this Borrow Me company. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens next. Yeah. But um, my the, the overarching theme is families yeah. and children under five. Yeah. Um, so that, is that something you'd say you're passionate about? Because it sounds as if working with children has been a thing you've wanted to do since you were a child yourself. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think it's, I've always, yeah, loved kind of being with children. You know, I'm the same like Annie who gravitates to hope, to hope. You know, I kind of did that like my whole life. And um, yeah, I, uh, and I think more and more as I've, you know, gained different qualifications and experiences mm. myself, um, I find, um, yeah, when I walk into conversations with families, I feel really passionate that they get the support they need and that um, we learn together and mm. that children who are in vulnerable situations mm. have all that they need to, mm. to thrive in mm. their life. So, so you're, you're now both heading up our Mum Stop and Dad Stop ministries within the church, which we're really grateful for. Uh, but what, what is it about those ministries that particularly excites you? Um, so obviously Momstop was going for a while with Tilly and the gang and then Jenny picked it up and uh, that was, was doing really well and, and it's thriving and, and doing great and then we were walking around Harbour and saw lots of dads pushing buggies and, and nowhere to go really and Jenny was like we should 
do something for dads. We should have a dad stop. And then I was a bit like, oh, no, you know, I don't know. It's a bit embarrassing, you know, hi, guys. You know? <laughs> uh, but it's true. There isn't really anything for, for dads, um, not too much anyway. Um, and actually, you know, there's... I've been fortunate enough to have, you know, a really involved dad and, and you know, a great upbringing with, with a father figure there, but there's so many guys who don't get that. And uh, we live in a society that tries to kind of squash, you know, dads and fathers in the home and what they do and, and diminish what they do and, and, and things like that. And it's a real shame because actually fathers in the home are really important and yeah. um, guys need encouragement. Mm. Guys don't talk to one another. They're... You know, as I was when Jenny said we should do a dad stuff, I was like, I oh, don't know. My initial feeling was, ah, that's not a guy thing to do. Let's go to the pub. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's guys do need th those things. And it's actually yeah. been really successful. Yeah. And because, yeah. you know, it, we're all in the same boat. We're all learning as, as dads. We've all got young kids. We can help each other out. We can talk to one another. Yeah, this yeah. is really difficult. I found that difficult too. Yeah. This is what I did. What did you do? And those things really help build community and build friendships and we get on average 13 dads turning up to dad mm. stop which is great um and we now have we're going to be running socials once a month as well where we'll kind of go to the you know we'll go to the pub or we'll go and watch a game or we'll do whatever you know um to try and build that the friendship and the community out as yeah. well great. um and you know you see those stats that are out there and jonathan comrath made a reference to it on father's day you know about fathers not being in the home and mm. really for me it's about providing something for other dads to be around other dads to understand each other's mm. difficulties celebrate the good things yeah. and actually help keep dads part of the family and in the home yep that's great so i've i've been to both mum stop and dad stop amazingly <laughs> snuck in but um the, the, the setup is pretty similar for both, isn't it? And um, so, can you describe a typical, typical I'll mum stop or dad stop? I'll do a dad stop because we're only monthly, because uh, it's on a Saturday. But um, so basically, we get the soft play out. You know, in the summer, we, we open up the garden at the cube, and um, we, thanks to Jim and John, our chefs, uh, we get some uh, bacon rolls, which really does draw in the crowds. So, <clears throat> well done, chaps. Uh, it's teas, coffees, bacon rolls. Um, we do provide fruit for the kids, so you know they get one of their five a day, etc. Um, and really, it's um, it's just for the guys to turn up, mix, mingle, and let the kids play yeah. at all different ages. And yeah. I'll let you talk to Mum Stop. Well, it was funny because we had um, a dad from Dad Stop come to Mum Stop, mm. and he comes a couple of times. It's not exclusive to mums, um, but he was like noting all the differences. Mm. Like, oh, you don't have this. Oh, you have this. Mm. Um, so yeah, we meet on a Friday morning every Friday term time, and um, we have the same kind of play set up. And but we have cakes and fruit. And no brown uh, sauce. Tea and coffee. Mm. No brown sauce. But when we do our family events, we get both. So we get bacon <laughs> and cake. So it yeah. seems like a good combo. Um, and yeah, and then we also do a little story time at the end of Mum Stop. Um, so I do a little story and kind of make sure that everyone knows kind of who we are and what we do and, and why we're here. So uh, those are the main differences, really. So what, what's, what is it the main thing within you that makes you want to provide this service uh, facility within the community? 
Well, I think obviously for us, we we're in this stage of entertaining our children in the week, and we know that that thankfully Marco Harbour is a hub of children activity. Lots of people from neighbouring towns and villages all come to Harbour because of the facilities and the classes and things that are offered in Harbour that are not offered other places. And it's one of the reasons why we moved here. Um, but. I know particularly, and you will you know, reflect that as well, but I know how lonely it can be. And when you have a day with no plans and you have like a 15-month-old and, you know, maybe a newborn with you and you're thinking, oh, gosh, this is going to be a long day. It's hard. Everyone's already had a meltdown. What do I do? And, um, and if you feel very new to it, it can feel like I am the only one. And I think... That's something with COVID that really robbed new parents, not only of the experiences of maternity leave and getting to know people and things like that, but also this idea that you're, that the struggles that you've gone through, other people also share yeah. share those loads. And, um, and what I love about Mumstop and Dadstop is that um, the church community is not often reflected in other places. So, you know, when you know, the other Sunday, you know, we'd go to your house and we had lunch with you and then also Ollie was there and the Henches and, you know, this kind of mix of generations and life experience and teenagers hanging out with three-year-olds and, you know, that it just doesn't happen very often in people's lives. And, and I think what amazing wisdom that, you know, our team shares, not only amongst us as a team, but also to those mums who maybe don't have a, a mother that they're looking up to or they mm. don't have friends that are, um, you know, have teenagers and they can be reminded that every phase is a phase. And so I love that, that Mumstop and Dadstop provide that safe, um, enjoyable, joyful place where you can rest at the end of your week mm. and your kids can play and they can be safe and protected. And it's something that is an, a community facility, but also we obviously come at it from a different angle. We come at it with a passion to see families know and understand who Jesus is and yeah. how having Jesus in your life changes everything. Yes, and um, you know, so we don't just offer the part of our vision is to offer the best community playgroup ever, mm. but also part of our vision is to befriend and build relationships. So we know what's un what's happening in people's lives, and we can share testimony, we can share offers of prayer, and with the aim of families coming into this community here and ultimately giving their life to Jesus yeah, because, um, and we know that that will change and shape their family mm. for generations. Yeah, brilliant, lovely. So, so finally then, what would you say to people here who are wondering whether we could be part of the mum stop or dad stop team? Um, well, I would say that if that sounds like something that those elements of vision that excites you that moves your heart that reminds you maybe oh I, I didn't have that or I remember that play group that did that for me mm. um I would say get involved and um it doesn't have to be the whole shebang every single week it could just be unloading and loading the shed uh, which is where we keep our toys 
in a smart, you know, safe facility. Yeah. Um, but it could be making, you know, helping refreshments. Um, you know, we have people on our team that just drop off cakes and that's all they do. And it's amazing blessing. And yeah. we have people that pray for us. We have people that come and unload. We have people that come once a month. Um, you know, whatever your capacity is, you know, but service is sacrificial. You know, my Fridays are the only day I have with Amy, but I choose to to sacrifice other opportunities because I believe that um, it's best for the community and the families that we serve that my time is spent that way. And you may feel like that about other things and other audiences and other communities of this town. But if you feel like that in any way around families and family life, then we mm. would love you to, to reach out to us. And Brilliant. Thank you. Out. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing with us this morning. We've got to know Pete and Jenny a little bit better together. And of course, we can continue to do that after this morning. I'm sure they would accept an invitation <laughs> for, for a meal. They're really easy to look at. They just want to share a starter <laughs> and share a dessert. <laughs> As long as it's half chocolate and half cookie dough ice cream and, uh, and you've got it covered. Why don't we pray together for the mum stop and dad stop ministry before we move on. Father, we want to thank you for Pete, for Jenny. Thank you for their, their heart towards families and families in this town. We want to thank you for the work that's been established for a few years now. But we want to ask that you bless it. We want to ask that... Uh, we are providing a service into the community, but much more than that, that we're demonstrating something of the love of God and the compassion that God has for people in that ministry as it goes forward. So would you bless them in their parenting, in their family life, in the workplace? Would you prosper them in all they do? And we thank you now for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brilliant. Thank you, Pete and Jenny. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.